0: Oh, hey there. Welcome back to another episode of the Motherhood and Money Show. I'm your host, Bethany Bayless. Join me every week as we talk about all things motherhood and all things money. This is a completely shame-free space where we know there's a lot of ways to talk about motherhood and money. So let's figure it out together. All right. Sounds good. Here we go. Friends and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Motherhood and Money Show. I'm so happy to be back with you after a little break that I had there. It was much needed. <laughs> it was well, well, uh, timed and all the things, but I am so happy to report that I am Done with school for the semester. My spring semester ended this week, and I cannot tell you what a relief that has been. I think as moms, or maybe maybe it's just me, uh, I see. I feel like maybe like we like to have things that we're pursuing that are a challenge that are we're working hard at, but also like we really like. Breaks like we like not doing as much stuff that that might just be me, uh, but it kind of feels maybe a little bit like being away on vacation. Like vacation is fun, like it's enjoyable. We get to get see new places and do new things, but it's always nice to be home and around our space and our comfort zone. So I I feel like I'm going to be in somewhat of a comfort zone for the next few months as we get ready to have this baby. I can't wait. I am entering into my third trimester next week, and um, I'm just really excited this time around to see what having a second baby is going to be like. I keep wondering and talking to my friends, uh, I wonder if I'm going to go into labor, I wonder if I'm going to have to be induced again, or whatever it is. If you're interested in hearing my birth story... (laughs) with my first you can go listen to it in season 1 if you if you so desire um but i'm excited to have another birth episode one day one day soon um but you know in the meantime i feel like i'm getting more time to focus on the podcast and maybe even like my goal is to bulk up on some episodes so that i can have fresh content for you um it's a hope and a wish and a dream so stay with me and we'll see if that happens Um, This week, I'm also really excited, though, to be talking to Krista Lockwood about decluttering. Um, It feels like we're kind of doing like a little unofficial cleaning series, very unofficial, since a few weeks ago, we had Elena Fingal on the show. She talked about organizing your time and your budget in a planner, and now we're going to be talking about going through your house and the benefits of decluttering. It's also fun listening to this conversation from a personal finance perspective because there are so many great correlations between the things that Krista is talking about and how that can actually apply to personal finance, not only the conversation of yes- stuff costs money. But kind of like maybe where to start in your journey and, you know, momentum to keep you going and kind of how to see uh, the journey as a whole. I think there's some really, really great correlations. And so I just want to remind you, though, that this is a completely shame-free space. Um, This is a zero pressure. You should not Feel like you are failing in any way if you have zero desire to declutter your entire house. So I just want to put that put that out there. This is not going to be for everyone right now, but I really enjoyed the conversation that we had around it. I really think you're going to as well. Krista is so fun to talk to. We have a lot of great laughs in there. Um, Krista is from Motherhood Simplified, where she teaches moms how to declutter without becoming a full blown minimalist. In 2013, her and her Husband moved from Alaska to Florida with one suitcase per person and accidentally discovered the power of living with less, especially as a large family. You'll see how many kids she has when when we chat. But she doesn't recommend going that extreme and has definitely accumulated a lot of stuff since then while still keeping it simple enough to enjoy her days. You can find Krista over at motherhoodsimplified.com. She has a lot of amazing resources, great advice, and she also has a podcast that is very popular that you can go find there. And I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Krista. We'll be right back here on the Motherhood and Money Show. Welcome back to the Motherhood and Money Show. I am here with Krista Lockwood. Welcome, Krista. How are
1: you? Hi. Thank you. I'm doing well. It's been fun having a pre-chat with you, and I'm super <laughs> excited. To, yeah, I'm super excited for this episode. It's also
0: one of those things that I I love being like, oh, hey, let's let's record these things that we're saying because it's just a conversation yeah. where we're hanging out. Um, and I just found out you have five children. That's a yes, lot. Yeah.
1: Yes. We have five ages, two all the way up to 16. Um, And yeah, I mean, it's a lot. There's a lot happening in this house, which is why I'm like, we really need less stuff because the people in this house take a lot. They need a lot. (laughs) I mean, it's it's
0: all the reason to practice what you preach. And I feel like five kids... what a great decluttering testimony you have. But does it get to a point where like the older kids help with the younger kids like at at some point?
1: Yes. Yeah, completely. So we basically have like two sets of kids, really. We have the three older kids and then there's six years between the youngest or, or between the middle kid and then my last two kids. So they've been really helpful. And more than just like being helpful with You know, like helping with the kids, they're helpful with their own things and their own stuff. And we actually decluttered when we had the first three, and so we had we had kind of a unique situation where we decluttered. I was kind of able to give them a new normal where they had less stuff to manage, and I was able to make it so that it was manageable for them. And then it became normal for them. And then we added in the last two kids, Um, and now they they're born, and you know it's just normal for them. But I think the biggest help. Rather than like putting the responsibility of like helping with the kids stuff is that the older kids can be responsible for their stuff. And I don't have to worry about like, you know, picking up their toys or going behind them and making sure that they're doing, you know, putting everything away, which is the cycle that we were in before decluttering. Um, And then, of course, now, I mean, they can do things like dishes. And sweep and mop, which is is, clean toilets. Yeah. (laughs) Stop. That's my
0: reasoning to my my husband because when we got married, I mean, like we kind of had the conversation, how many kids do you want? I was like, let's take it one kid at a time, secretly wanting a lot of children. And then he was like, yeah, let's (laughs) take it one kid at a time, only wanting two. And so, like, (laughs) then when we finally, like, you know, talked about how many we actually wanted, it's kind of been this back and forth and, like, compromise. And I was like, look, more kids is easier. It's a weird thing because they help. They can help with the other kids. I was like, but really, we're going to get so much free labor in the future. It's going to be great. Just think about it. So, you know, hopefully he's listening to this and he hears. And by free labor, I mean, like, being a part of the household and, like, normal labor thing yes. disclaimer.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like you don't have to hire a housekeeper because you have yeah. people who live with you who can help. 100%. Now, I- I'm not siding with your husband on this, but I will say that like it's cheaper to have a housekeeper than <laughs> more kids. <laughs> but I now, hear right? what you're saying. You make saying. a great point. <laughs> you make an excellent point. I would say I'm not siding with him. Oh, I, I'm just I this is equal
0: opportunity opinions here on, um, this is a safe space on the motherhood and money <laughs> show, but I, I feel like you bring up a great point. And this is one of the reasons I was so excited to have you on the show because there is kind of that link between money and decluttering. And like, I mean, sure on the basic level, less stuff, cost less money right you're not buying as much stuff you're not but I would love to talk about your relationship with money and how it changed after you decluttered your things and like even how your ha- your spending habits have changed what is that link for you
1: yeah okay so I can start with a little bit of it like story time and how I kind of fell into it and how it did really shift the way. I viewed spending. And so it's back in 2013, my husband and I decided that we were going to move from Alaska to Florida um, in about a month. We had about a month to like get rid of everything and get down there. Very different places. Very yeah. different. Like, <laughs> the furthest point you can possibly go while staying within the United States. I'm Yeah. Um, thinking
0: of like this ge- geographically, it was like from the farthest upper left to the farthest lower right.
1: Yes and so we did that and it was really fast he went down ahead of us and like got the house got the car got the the job everything and i stayed back and when we're you know doing trying to figure out logistics of how do we move you know this far it didn't add up it was actually more affordable to just start over. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Rent a house. We rented a house that was furnished. And so we kind of had a buffer between like having to buy beds and stuff like that, but it was more affordable to just leave it all behind and start over. And so that's what we did. Did you sell any of it in Alaska? Yeah, a little bit. So the, what happened for me and what's happened because I've helped at this point, thousands of moms declutter their homes too. maybe like 15% of our stuff I was able to sell. And that's pretty average for people Mm. when they are decluttering their homes, like 15% is about what you'll be able to sell. And I have a friend who's actually an estate uh, seller too. So she does estate sales and she says it's the same thing. Every home is like 10 to 15% of the stuff will sell. The rest of it is donated or trashed, which um, obviously some people might be able to do more. Some people might do less, but the truth about clutter is that if it's clutter to you, it's clutter to somebody else and people just don't want to spend money on it, right? They're either going to go buy it new or they're going to expect it for free because we're surrounded by so much stuff. Mm. Um so I was able to sell a good chunk of it. We had a garage sale and the first garage I did garage sales like 3 weekends in a row. The first weekend I made about $1500 and I was able to sell the stuff that, you know, you would typically think would sell easily cuz I priced it low. I was just like take it, I want it gone. Things like like workout equipment, beds, big furniture, you know, bigger kid toys like trampoline and stuff like that. And then I was like, that was amazing. You know, I made fifteen hundred dollars in like three hours and so much stuff left. And so I did it again the next weekend and I made like a hundred dollars. Oh my gosh. And yeah, I was like basically begging people to just like take stuff off of my lawn. And take it for free, even. And they were just like, no, it's fine. Like, we don't, we don't want this stuff. You know, we
0: don't even want it. You
1: cannot <laughs> yeah. give it away. Yeah. And so I thought it was just me. You know, I'm like, oh gosh, like I, I just didn't have enough time or maybe I didn't sell well enough. I don't know. But then as I've worked with other moms, I've seen the same thing. It's like you sell the things that will generally sell for still pennies on the dollar, really. Mm-hmm. And then you get to a point where it's just like people, people don't want to buy it. They already have it. There's no monetary value in it for them. And it's a hard pill to swallow because I, re- I really remember, like very distinctly remember at that garage sale, looking at all this stuff and being like, I know I spent a lot of money on this and I, I probably really could have sp- paid off some student loans instead of like collecting all this junk. Um, it's like that <laughs> regret,
0: right? Of like, oh, no. I don't want to get rid of it because I spent money on it. And now if I get rid of it, I lose all that money.
1: Yeah, it's like you're losing the money twice. That's yeah. what it felt like. <laughs> 100%. Um, yeah, it felt like I was losing the money twice. And I was like, okay, I can, I had a really clear visual experience of like, that's what all my money turned into. Like, mm. I could have, you know, been smarter with how I spent my money. Um, and so that changed things for me of like, maybe I shouldn't be going because of what it used to be was like, I would take my kids to the thrift store on the weekends and, you know, There's like that meme that floats around that's like $5 here and there has cost me like $1,000 just this week or whatever. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah, just kind of – it shifted things for me of like maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Maybe I should Mm. be you know spending my money in a a different way. But then the other experience that I had was being on the other side of all of those like never-ending toy messes and never-ending laundry was really a lack of desire to accumulate all of that stuff again because there was so much freedom in not having it. Like my Mm. house was easy to be in. It was easy to keep up. It was easy to show my kids where their things go. It was easy to find things. Like it was easy to make dinner and then do the dishes and be done for the day. Like it was amazing. And so not only did that I have that experience of seeing my money turn into piles of stuff that nobody wanted, not even me. Um, I also got to experience, you know, the freedom of not having that stuff and yeah. all of the benefits that come with that.
0: So when you moved to Florida and like started all over again, I'm kind of assuming you just didn't go buy that – some of that stuff again. Like was it like a massive like clean slate, okay, starting new, not going to go buy clutter?
1: Yeah. And it wasn't – it really wasn't on purpose because I didn't even know that like decluttering was a thing that people did on purpose. Um, It wasn't until 2017 when I got pregnant with my fourth baby and – my friends in my due date group started sharing like pictures of their home and we would do house tours together. And they were like, I'm like, is anybody else like struggling with these toy piles, like these laundry piles, like never ending dishes, just like piles of stuff on the stairs or in the hallways or on the counters. And it was then like four years later, after we had done that big move that I was like, oh yeah, like I do remember that. And I thought that things got easier because we moved to Florida and we're like by the beach and it's sunny and it's not cold and dark like Alaska. But really it's because the inside of our house was easy to be in. Like there just wasn't that stuff to deal with all of, all of the time. Um, and so I kind of started to piece it together of like, that's when it got easier. Like, do you guys want me to show you how to do this? Do you want me to show you how to get rid of some of your stuff? And then I, and then I started teaching them how to do that. And then by doing that, by kind of helping them go through that process themselves and like telling them it'll be okay because, you know, I, I, we moved with just one suitcase each, a suitcase of toys, a suitcase of clothes. We started completely over and like nothing bad happened. I can show you how to do it. And yeah, I never reaccumulated this stuff, not really on purpose, but I think probably like just subconsciously it felt so good yeah, that I didn't want to. And then I was able to kind of piece it together and articulate it and understand what really happened. Because I was, I was seeing it happen in the other moms that I was helping of like, oh, they're yeah. dealing with the same things. They're also seeing piles of stuff and feeling regret over their lost money. They're also wasting a lot of their money because they're buying things that they can't find or that they forgot that they had or feeling like they need to buy duplicates because they know eventually it's going to be lost. And so they might as well buy a backup now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just all of these different things. Um, and the money connection is something that I I talk about, but I love when I get to talk to somebody like you, who's like all about it. Like, let's go deep into it and figure it out.
0: <laughs> let's do it. Cause I mean, I, I remember, so I've kind of always been a cluttery person. Like that was me as a child. I would get in trouble all the time for my room, not being clean. I even mentioned on the podcast, like a few weeks ago, I had a, like, I have pregnancy dreams now about like my dad coming to my now grown up house and getting upset at me for my house being not, orderly and so like it's a it's a very deep thing and I'm kind of I am in full stages of uh, pregnancy nesting where I'm like cleaning the grout with a toothbrush in the kitchen like making sure everything is clean (laughs) but a big thing has been the declutter and kind of like you know there's that slight regret of like oh Man, we bought this and now we're getting rid of it. But um, I'm sure you're very aware of Marie Kondo and all mm-hmm. of her things. One of the things that I have kept from her that I really appreciate because I mean, there's some things I don't keep. She says you should only have like 27 books or something, and I'm like, <laughs> that's crazy. I think, yeah. I think you should see my library like this. <laughs> yes. is. but one of the things that she like I has kept for me that helps is like thanking that object, whatever it was, it has served us well. Like it served yeah. us well for however much time we had it. We used it. It it did great things for us. Now kind of like bless it and be on its way. Like, thank you for your service. Leave now. We appreciate you to the the yeah. thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's been helpful for me too. And to be honest, sometimes I forget that. Mm-hmm. I forget how important that part is. Um, And even with the things that you do have, like, I think that's a really important piece of it, too, because it helps you let go, but it also helps you appreciate what you have now. And, like, to your point, too, about, like, the 27 books, I think that – and everything that I teach is, like, don't declutter just so you can get rid of things and be like, I decluttered and now I'm a minimalist, right? Or I decluttered and, like, look how clean my house is. It's like I decluttered the stuff that was taking – more than it was giving. And so I decided to let it go.
0: I'm I'm in that space, right? Like I'm in that, that headspace. And something else that I think about a lot, and it, it's not meant to evoke guilt or like the burden or whatever, but I do sometimes think about, wow, all this stuff around me used to be money. And now I don't have that money. I have all this stuff. And that was a big that's a big one for me, too. is like I would rather have the money sometimes
1: mm-hmm. yes, um, so one of the things that I tell people a lot in like the motherhood simplified community is that because you're not alone in that. Mm-hmm. a lot of us feel that way because it's hard to look at the stuff around you and not see the dollars that you spent on it. But the thing that I like to tell people is that just you know, holding on to those things because it used to be money. And you wish it was money is not the same as having money in the bank, right? It's not going to jump into your bank account. It's not going to jump into, you know, your your retirement account. It's not going to be. It's not going to pay your bills, and that's really hard to swallow. But it does help you with your future purchases because Mm -hmm. you can ask yourself things like, "Am I going to buy this?" And then it's going to sit there, and I'm going to be like, "Why did I even get this?" Like, I'm going to get rid of this. Like, it's just this never ending like revolving door of stuff. Like, you're buying it and then letting it go. And then you're in that place where it does feel like you're losing the money twice. Um, But I think that decluttering, if you're aware of that and you think about those things of like, man, like this used to be money and I really wish it was money still, (laughs) will help you in the future to stop that incoming flow of stuff that you don't need, but also to spend your money in a way that feels better for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Have you heard of the sunken cost fallacy? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure you have, because that's exactly what we're talking about. And like the second cost fallacy can actually work for you. It's one of these things where, like, if you invest in something, you are more likely to keep up with it or to keep it or whatever. So, like, things like paying off debt, like, I think the sunk cost can be a very powerful tool of like, I paid for this, I am, you know, I need to keep up with this because I already invested in this. But then when it becomes a fallacy, is when we have that like oh man, I spent money on this. I don't want to either stop it or depart from it or whatever. And it's really hard to kind of like break that cycle of I I spent money on this. I have to keep it. I have to keep it. And so how can we set ourselves free? What are some of the things that we can tell ourselves as we're looking at these things that used to be money that we wish were still money, but now are are hindering us and not helping us anymore? How could we set ourselves free from that?
1: Great question. And the answer to that is that it costs you a lot more than just money. Like money mm-hmm. is the easy thing to focus on because we can quantify it. We can be like, it was, I spent a hundred dollars on that. I don't know, whatever it might be like that wall hanging and I don't like it and it doesn't fit my style, but it was a hundred dollars. And so I feel like I should keep it right. And, or maybe toys, toys. Let's talk about toys. Cause I think that would be a better example here. Mm-hmm. I spent $200 on toys. It's a lot of money to spend on toys. But at this point, it's also costing you your time because you have to clean it up. It's costing you your space. Like, if they're bigger toys, it's space that your kids could be using to, you know, because we have five kids. Like, I really value open space so they can run around and flip and wrestle, (laughs) right? Um, But it's costing you your time. It's costing you your space. It's costing you your emotional bandwidth because it's, If you're the type of person who is you know, overwhelmed or overstimulated by mess, it's costing you your emotional bandwidth. It's taking up your mental space because when you look at those piles of things, all you see are to-do lists and things that you need to spend more time on, more energy on, things that you might even need to spend more money on because you're like, we have so many toys. We can't keep them clean. The solution must be that I need to go buy more bins or more labels or more shelves. And then you're spending more money. So I think when you're caught up on just the dollars, it's really important to consider what else it's costing you. And as moms, a lot of times what it's really costing us at the end of the day is our one season of motherhood that we get with our kids. It's costing Mm -hmm. us, you know, the ability to play with them and be with them and to play with them and be with them in more than just a way where, you know, a lot of the advice out there is just, you know, ignore the messes. You know, ignore the messes because the message will be there, but your kids won't. And for a lot of people, that's really difficult to do if you are feeling overwhelmed, if you are feeling stressed out, if you are to a point for a lot of people where it makes you isolated because you don't want to invite people over because it takes so much work to get your house ready. You can't find a way to get out of your house because you're like, I can't leave the house because I'm so far behind. And then you become isolated. And so there's so many other things ways that our clutter costs us, you know, creates a cost for us than just money. And so if you can consider those things and decide that those things are more important than just some dollars, it's really helpful, especially if you couple it with the fact that that stuff is likely not going to turn back into dollars. Right. Right. It's already transformed
0: into a pile (laughs) of stuff. Well, and I think it's such a great point because as moms, we already have such a massive mental and emotional load, right? We are constantly thinking about all the things that we have to do, all the lists that we have in our head that we have to eventually write down because if they stay in our head, they will disappear. That might just be me. But it's one of those things where as I am starting to declutter my house, as I'm starting to get rid of things and like get to the point where, okay, are we gonna have a garage sale or should we just take it to Salvation Army? Cause it would be so much easier for us just just to be rid of it. Thank it, let it be on its way and be rid of it. Cause then that the space is now free. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I don't have to keep finding the same little, you know, stack of papers and having to figure out where do these papers go? Should we file these papers? Should we just throw them away? I feel like I am constantly cleaning up my kitchen counter with this same stuff. Like, and like the home seems to be the kitchen counter, right? So when it now has Mm -hmm. a home that's not in my home, it releases me (laughs) from all of these things.
1: Yeah. And what you just said there is really important. Um, just like a, just like, I think sometimes if we can articulate things in a certain way, it helps it click and make sense. But what you said yes. is exactly right. Um, a lot of times we fall into the trap of just clutter shifting things throughout our house and decluttering is fundamentally different from like organizing or mm. cleaning because what you're doing when you're decluttering is getting it out of your possession for good. Right. Mm. So if you organize your stuff, you have to maintain that forever if you declutter it, you declutter it once and you're done, like, and you're free. And then you can just organize what's left. And it's so much easier to maintain what you have left rather than trying to maintain a massive amount of stuff that probably doesn't even fit into your house. Because like you said, and this was true for me too, it's like, I know that this stuff, you know, I think this is something that Marie Kondo says, maybe it's not her, but you know, uh, have a place for everything and everything in its place. And it's like, well, the right. place is on the stairs. And the reason <laughs> that it's on the stairs is because the closet is full, <laughs> right? It's because my extra
0: room that's holding all my junk <laughs> yes. is now full.
1: Yes. And so you're like, okay, it does have a place, but I don't feel like it's in the right place, but I don't have anywhere to put it. And I call this like the constipated house syndrome. <laughs> this like, feels so you accurate. Just gotta it you just got to get you the, the solution is to get the stuff out <laughs> yes not all of it not all of it keep the things that you really you know love and and that's you know kind of a broad term but you know keep the things that you love keep the things that you need keep the things that you want um keep the things that you use the rest is irrelevant most of it is irrelevant and i know that that's kind of hard and nuanced to say um but the majority of the stuff really isn't But because we're used to having it around, we have emotional ties to it. We've never done it before. You know, decluttering is a skill. It feels new to us. (laughs) It takes some time to get to that point where you can really decipher like what's worth keeping and what's not. Because I know I can't keep all of it, but it can feel overwhelming. You
0: know? Absolutely. I'm so loving this conversation because I I feel there, and I wanted I want to harness my pregnancy hormones of nesting into helping fuel this declutter of my house. My husband will be so much happier when these things are gone. But I think that you bring up a really great point and we've talked a lot about the why. Like there are so many good reasons as to why. But I I would love to know some of the how because we we're briefly touching on like the sentimental things can sometimes be hard to get rid of. So as we're going through our house and as we're starting starting to go through these things, where and how do we start? But I also want to get to like, how do we say goodbye to things that matter to us? Great
1: question. Okay. Well, even, even as you were asking those questions, cause I deal with these mm-hmm. questions all the time. I know the flow of this, of the answer for this. So yes. I understood, Perfect. I understood the questions. That's why you're the expert. Together. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um, only at this, like not at, this is like the one thing in life where I'm like, I, I feel like I'm qualified as an expert in this. It's such a random
0: thing, but yeah. It's anyway. a great thing. I'm a very, I'm an expert at very few things in life. So I take what I can get.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. feels, feels nice to be good at one thing. <laughs> um, but okay. To answer your question, like how do you start and how do you get to the point where you're making decisions on these harder things like sentimental items? Um, So I always recommend to people do not start with those sentimental things, those emotionally charged things. It's Mm. typically where we want to start or where a lot of people do want to start because you feel strongly about them, right? But the reason I don't recommend doing that is first of all, those sentimental items aren't the things that are making your day hard. Like as a mom, those aren't the things that you're like shifting around. Those aren't the things that you're frustrated at your family for, right? They're not like, I'm going to pull out all the sentimental items and make a big mess and have a good time with them. Right. Like they're doing that with toys or your your kitchen cabinets. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So they're not, they're not the most immediate problem. And the other reason I don't recommend doing it is because decluttering really is a skill. You're practicing Mm. making decisions on things that you need and don't need. And I recommend starting with something very simple. Like a spice cabinet is one of the things that I recommend because you can do that easily as a mom. Like we spend the majority of our time in the kitchen, so, mm-hmm. right? Like everyone always wants a snack. We want a snack. We want coffee. Like we want whatever.
0: Well, and some of the decisions are made for you because of expiration dates, right? I'm exactly. Like, oh, that goes away. I didn't even have yeah. to think about it. See, you might also be a closet decluttering expert. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I do have an episode on when I organized my pantry. It was life changing. Yeah. It was great, Yay. and that was like mm-hmm. one of the things I was like, "Goodbye, thank you for your service, bye bye." Yeah,
1: yeah, but that's exactly right. Like, you go into the spice cabinet. You can do it. Just you know, you can just start with the spice cabinet. And you will find things that are expired. Most likely, you will find that you have duplicates. Like for whatever reason, I seem to always accumulate cinnamon, and I'm like, Why do I? We have four cinnamons again. Cinnamon and understand. curry, or
0: not curry? Yeah. Cinnamon and um, cumin. Mm-hmm. I got you. Yeah, that one
1: too. Yep, that one too. And it's not even like a lot, of, a lot of little bottles. Like I'll have like a big giant one from Costco, like three of them. I don't know why I do that, but you know, you go into your spice cabinet and you can make pretty easy decisions on the yes. things that are expired, the things that are duplicates. Um, the things that, you know, you just never use, you know, like you needed red wine vinegar for that one recipe, that one time. And you're like, I'm just not ever going to do that again. (laughs) And you can get rid of it. And what happens is that you, you go through that. You, you practice some decision-making. It feels good. You've got momentum. You've seen some quick wins, right? Because I think it's important to see some quick wins and feel some success. Mm. And you can carry that momentum on to, you know, another cabinet in your kitchen or your pantry, like your coffee mugs, or maybe your toddler's sippy cups, or the Tupperware, or your utensil drawer that you get frustrated every time you try and open it. <sighs> right? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, were you in my house last night? Yeah. What surprise? I was not. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, it's like you no. Know. <laughs> yes, because that was me. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Then you can carry that momentum on. And as you go through, you know, even within the kitchen, you'll start to get to things that you'll, that will feel a little bit more difficult, but Hmm. it's like, um, scaffolding. I used to be a teacher. So scaffolding, it's like, you want to give like, just like a little bit of a challenge, but still doable. Right. Hmm. So maybe you go through your spice cabinet, super easy. Then you go through your Tupperware, get rid of the things that don't have lids, you know, easier. And then you move on to things like, well, I like to entertain, so I don't know which, you know how many guest dishes should I keep, right? And you kind of progress and then you start making more and more difficult choices. And when it comes to your sentimental things specifically, if you wait to do those at the end or close to the end or you know, you've know you been decluttering for a while, not only are you skilled in decluttering and making decisions, but you've cleared a lot of space out in your home hmm. and your emotions will calm down. You will feel less overstimulated. Things will feel easier and you can tune more into like, is this actually sentimental to me, or does it just make me feel strongly? Right. Mm. Because a lot of times, the things that we keep for what we call sentimental purposes are not really sentimental at all. Like to me, I think sentimental items should make us feel good, positive, honor our stories, honor our histories. Be something that, you know, I think, you know, when I'm like a little old grandma, (laughs) I pull these things out and I'm like inspired to tell stories of our life Mm -hmm. and our values and moments that we had together. And one specific example of this is like baby clothes for me. It Mm -hmm. used to be like, I want to keep all the baby clothes because I love that season of my life. I love the babies. They're so sweet and cute. But keeping four giant bins of baby clothes. Feels overwhelming to me. Mm -hmm. If I can curate it down to like a few outfits that all of my kids wore, um, that feels better to me, right? Rather than, you know, avoiding the feelings of grief that I have because that season of my life is over, I can just feel good about it and reflect on that time in my life positively instead of holding on to all of that grief. Um, Or, you know, sometimes it, you know, it might be grief over a chapter of your life being over whether it's your kids growing up maybe it's a divorce maybe it's you know a family member died and so you're holding on to all of these things for these really strong feelings that you have that need to be processed and and gone through so that's another reason why I wait for those sentimental th- things to be lost because when you have that space in the rest of your house, you have a little bit more clarity and bandwidth to like dive into the yeah. intensity
0: that, that can be. Well, and I love that point because so much of this is emotionally charged. Like there are so many things that just bring out our emotions. And so I love the fact of starting with the things that have to do with very little emotion, right? Like when we are, I learned this on TikTok this week. Are you you ready for this knowledge that I have? (laughs) Yes. When we're deciding with emotions, it's our amygdala that's firing off like um, hormones. I don't know. It's firing off something that's like not letting our brains use logic. So basically, when we're in our emotions, we're, we're letting our amygdala control our mind. But in actuality, the logic part of our brains is the prefrontal cortex. And when we're thinking with our prefrontal cortex, that's when we kind of have the more logical, like, okay, this makes sense. And that's why sometimes, you know, like we're, if we are able to make that shift, it's a little bit easier. So, kind of what I'm hearing is like making those easy decisions, like you're starting to bulk up this muscle that might not be super used a lot in the sense of like, okay, I'm making decisions. And when we make decisions, our emotions actually follow those. And so we're kind of like bulking up by doing these easy decisions. We're like, okay, I, I got a little bit of a sense of like, I can make this decision for myself Of this is gone. And I love how after you're kind of in the decluttering phase, you're like, all right, bring it on. I will get rid of everything. I'm a cold and heartless because I don't need <laughs> any of you. <laughs> like you kind of get in that yes. empowered mode,
1: right? Yes. I think that happens a lot of like, you're like, okay, I did this before. And I think for a lot of us, we just need to give ourselves evidence that nothing bad will happen if we get rid of our stuff. And so mm. you do, you get more bold of like, man, I like de- I decluttered the Tupperware like two months ago. Why do I still have, like, why is it still spilling out onto me? And then you're like, I'm getting rid of all of it, but just this. Oh, I forgot to throw this use. one
0: away. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. And on the other end of that, you you really learn how to be more ruthless with the things like that Mm. and then you create a lot more space for those truly sentimental things Mm. like and then all of those things that you really want to cherish and hold close to you you're actually able to
0: and I think
1: that's the best. I think that's amazing.
0: (laughs) I think that's great because I think of this, you know, like you were saying, when you're an old grandma, you want things that you can take out. And I kind of think like if I'm holding something in my hand that is relatively sentimental, maybe something I've had from my childhood or like maybe something I had during college that was a great time in my life, I kind of think of that item like 30 years from now. Where is Mm -hmm. that item going to be? Is it going to be in a box in grandma's attic that no one cares about and it really isn't going to have much of a life after this? Or is it going to be something that I can pull out for like my children or my grandchildren? Like, Would they be interested in seeing my college yearbook one day? Maybe. Mm -hmm. We'll keep that around. Are they interested in the 1,700 graduation cards I got from eighth grade? Probs not. They probably won't care. So it was such a release. I threw away all of my graduation cards from eighth grade, uh, high school and college, except for maybe like my parents. Like maybe that's one thing that I'm so morose. Sometimes I think I might need their signature one day if I want a tattoo after they've died or something. I don't know. But certain (laughs) things like that I will keep. But then release it because thirty years from now, like, what is it going to do? What is the purpose it's going to serve? Are my kids Mm going to want to once I've passed? Are they going to have to clean all this stuff out one day? Mm -hmm. And like, maybe they'll come across something that, oh, this is a part of mom. This is special. But are they going to come across seventeen books about theology that no one cares about that mom had when she went to college? You know, all those things.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good thing to consider too, and. It's also okay for it to change. Like maybe right Mm -hmm. now it's something that you want to keep, right? Maybe something today you think like in 30 years, this is definitely going to be something that I want. And then if it changes in 10 years, you're like, why did I keep this? Mm -hmm. Then it's totally okay to get rid of it at that point. Yeah. There was one other example that I wanted to give of kind of like confusing, you know, decluttering things that are overwhelming us and just like being like, well, this seems to be the most urgent thing that I feel the most strongly about is wedding dresses. So there's a lot of times where people will have like, you know, big wedding dress, you know, I didn't have one, but you know, like preserved and it's like in a big box or something and it takes up a ton of closet space and they're like, my closet is so overwhelming. Like I walk in there, it's just like crammed full of stuff. I think I need to get rid of my wedding dress. And I'm like, it's okay if you want to get rid of your wedding dress. Like Not everybody feels sentimental about their wedding dress. But have you considered decluttering like the clothes that you don't wear the on a regular basis? It. Like, yeah, yeah. Have you considered like decluttering those three pair of jeans with the broken zipper that <laughs> you say you're gonna fix and you never do have
0: or the you- ones you fit in five years ago, but no more? You're yeah. always going to lose that weight, right? Yeah. That's me. That's projecting. <laughs>
1: That's, I like how you call it out.
0: Hey, i have all about it. There are lots of – I'm like, maybe after the baby, you know, maybe I'll fit into these again. No, they need to go.
1: I Yeah, I had those clothes with my last two babies where I'm like – I just had the second baby in two years and even three years before I got pregnant, I hadn't worn those because they didn't fit. I really don't think I'm ever getting back into that stupid little halter top.
0: <laughs> that is a whole nother podcast about loving ourselves and the bodies that we are. So like that is a whole nother yeah. – because I again, yeah. so – all of these things are emotionally weighted there is so much meaning behind things and if we can address like the real problem and then not assign them to a inanimate an object it just it makes yeah. a lot of sense but i love that point about like Take out the things maybe that don't matter so that you can leave room for the things that do. And it's so funny to me because, like, I have so many correlations with money going through my head as you are speaking of like making mm-hmm. easy decisions to cut out those money things or like making room in your budget for things that do matter and, the, you know, get rid of the things that don't matter. Um, but I just, I love all of these points that you're making.
1: Yeah. And they really do go hand in hand because, one, you know, once you start to declutter your home, And make these decisions and decide that you're going to simplify it, prioritize things that maybe you haven't prioritized before. It does trickle into all of the other areas of your life. One of the top, there's like three major things that happens for moms after they declutter and it's that they start to prioritize their like physical and mental, emotional health, like their overall health because they have time for it, their money. Like, I can't even tell you how many moms there's been moms that declutter their house and then they pay off twenty thousand dollars of credit card debt or their student loans. one mom started literally started a finance blog for moms because she's like, this changed everything like in the way that I so it it trickles into these other areas of your life. And the other one is relationships. You know, they'll start to mend their relationships with maybe their spouse or extended family members because now they have time to do it. But money is very consistently one that I think decluttering is really supportive of. I don't know, the scientific reasons for it other than everything that we talked about. I'm sure we can find them. (laughs) Sure, they're there.
0: (laughs) But I I love that. uh, I just love the point of like, there are so many good reasons to do it, right? There are so many good reasons. And I'm like, even in this life phase where I am in the process of thinking about it, but – I think sometimes we can look at that big journey, just like paying off debt or just like what saving for retirement or whatever. We're looking at like the really long road and we're kind of looking at that mountain in the distance and we can kind of see the trail of like, oh, that's where I need to go eventually. <laughs> and it can seem so daunting and overwhelming. So, like, where we already talked about, like, a great place to start, like, just start with your spice drawer or like just start there. But can we talk a little bit about, like, how we sustain the journey? And maybe a, is there a systematic way even of where we address and how we can kind of just like get through it and take one bite of the elephant at a time, if you will?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually just did a, I did a free challenge. I do one a few times a year. And this is one of the things that I talk about is like, you, you really have to break it, especially as moms, just break it down into bite size steps, like hmm. micro decluttering projects is what I call them. And I've done, I have a course where I've done this for you. Like we're broken it down all by step by step. And you just go through and mark them off as you go. You can also do it yourself. But really breaking it down into micro steps is really helpful um, because a lot of times what happens, for example, in the kitchen is people or even near your house, moms are like, I need to declutter my house, so I'm going to go declutter the house. And it's like, that's like 8,000 The steps. whole house. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, 8, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So you've got to break it down and you can break it down by room. You can break it down by category. I've done both by room and by category. But for example, in your kitchen, it's like, okay, I'm going to go through the spice cabinet and then I'm going to go through the pantry and then I'm going to go through daily dishes and then I'm going to go through guest dishes and then I'm going to go through cooking utensils and then I'm going to go through pots and pans and I'm going to go through cleaning products and just break it down. For moms, I think that's especially true because a lot of what we do has to get done in like 15 minutes at a time. Mm. And if you can break those down into steps, put them in order make yourself just a list that's easy to refer back to i think that's really really key is getting it set in one place whether you have a notebook or a spreadsheet or you use something like trello or clickup that you can refer back to so that you know what you've already done you know what you want to do next so that you aren't stuck in the cycle of like just doing the same things over and over again you know like i got to clear off the counters and then you're like i just shifted it all into other areas of the house and now it's all back here and i don't know what i'm doing um <laughs> But breaking it down into those steps and giving yourself that structure, I think is really key for moms. Um, and I and I do that. I have a f- little free one. You can get decluttering checklists anywhere. I think there's other components that go into it, like finding forms of external accountability, because most people do need a check-in system, right? Or reminders or a community of people to be like, hey, I'm doing this. Can we do it together? <laughs> I like, mean, you there's me like
0: there's tools and resources and help because y- you're yes. not the only one who struggles <laughs> with that. That's so yes, weird. exactly. I, I love know, that. You're not the only one. Well, I I mean, I swear we could probably just go on Pinterest and be like, declutter checklist. And I'm sure it's been done because we're not, we're really not alone. Like this is, this is something that I know so many people struggle with and it is a struggle for so many reasons. I don't know many, maybe one or two, but I don't know many people who are like, you know what? I actually really enjoy the clutter. Like I really <laughs> you know? like it; it gives me <laughs> yeah. relief. Like it's usually not that way, and so yeah. um, I love. Like I love this entire conversation. And you know, if anyone is interested in more, because I feel like this is again like the tip of the iceberg, right? There is so much more um, that can you please tell people where they can find you and all of the things because you have so many great resources available to people who are interested, in, and myself included. Where
1: do I go? Yes. Okay. So motherhoodsimplified.com is like my hub for everything. And on there you can find, if you like Facebook groups, we have a Facebook group of about 40,000 moms where you can go get that accountability and ask questions and get support. Um, On my site, you'll find a podcast, lots and lots of podcast episodes on decluttering. All those podcasts are turned into little mini blogs too. If you like to just like, just give me the Give me the bullet points. Yes. <laughs> you can get those, the free guide, um, courses. I also have a really great place where I share all of the podcasts I've been featured on, like mm-hmm. this one so that you oh, can hey. find other people to learn from. Yeah. i get you up on my <laughs> website. Um, I'll probably also enroll you in my course if you would like that. Um, we me, can talk about that me, after. yes, oh, you, Okay. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> um, yes, um, I can do that, but, um, yeah. motherhoodsimplified.com. And then, yeah, those are the main places I'm on Instagram too, but I don't, I'm, I'm still figuring out Instagram. I feel like I'm a, an elder millennial. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I'm just here? figuring
0: out everything. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I had to get better at that when I have the chance, but I just yeah. so appreciate you. I love this conversation. I feel like I have 17,000 more questions to ask you. Uh, but I so appreciate you spending time with us and, uh, just giving us a little bit of permission and safe space to talk about these things and so thanks so much Krista for for coming on the show and for hanging out with us
1: yeah thank you so much for having me it was really fun this is a fun
0: episode oh my gosh (laughs) thanks yeah we'll be right back So much again to Krista from Motherhood Simplified. You can find her again at motherhoodsimplified.com. All of her resources are there for you to find. If you have any questions about this episode, if you have any comments about this episode, I would love to hear from you. You can find me at motherhoodandmoneyshow.com. Click on a tab that says send it, us a heart note. That's our listener letter. If you want to send in a heart note to the motherhood and money show, you can also find me over on Instagram at motherhood and money show. I would love to hear from you. I always love hearing from listeners. And if you get a chance, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you would like to do so leave a review over at Apple podcast or wherever you get the motherhood and money show, that would be so much appreciated and tell your friends. I have so loved having you here this week for another awesome episode of the motherhood and money show show. I can't wait to see you next week for another brand new episode with a brand new guest. I can't wait to see you then. All right. Bye-bye.